Welcome to Mission Revive, a podcast dedicated to hope and healing through God's transforming love, where your hosts, anchored in truth and armed with faith, are changing the world and reviving hearts with Jesus, one conversation at a time. Hi. Welcome to this episode of the Mission Revive podcast. I'm Bob Newberry, and I'm a board member of Revive Hope and Healing Ministries, a collection of Catholic apostolates impelled by the Holy Spirit. My usual partner for our podcast is Ann Costa, founder and executive director of Revive Hope and Healing, and uh, Ann's now with us this morning. Uh, So uh, we're going to go forward bravely and with in prayer and uh but very excited uh with today's guest in fact uh this second time around for sharon sharon flanagan and uh uh, sharon was with us back in july of last year uh really introducing a a topic of great importance to me and our ministry uh the theology of the body but just a a quick introduction of sharon and, and then we'll we'll bring her on um for a number of years Sharon uh, uh, was a chastity and theology of the body educator for the Syracuse Diocese, offering many talks to youth and adults in Catholic schools and parishes. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology for Stony Brook University, master's degree in education from Syracuse University, and is a recent graduate of the Theology of the Body Institute. Uh, Wanted to talk to her about that and and, uh, when when we uh, had Sharon on last July, she was in the process of completing that certification and starting to uh, host a course for parents and young people on the theology of the body. So we want to talk to her about that. Married to her husband, Jack, for 22 years, lives in central New York, loves Cape Cod, and um, we want to welcome Sharon on to our podcast. Good morning, Sharon. Um, Good morning, Bob. Well, uh, you've been through this a couple of times with us now, huh? And uh, just so thrilled to, to, to have you back on. Thank you. Um, you know, we, uh, as, as you know, uh, uh, we're looking over the next really number of five or six months to have a number of uh, our podcasts uh, dealing in one way or another with the theology of the body. And, and you very graciously offered to, to, to help us with that, and and um, and I, I wonder if maybe a good place to start is uh, assuming that nobody, which is not the case, but let's assume that nobody uh, this morning is is listened to our prior podcast. Can you uh, tell us what the theology of the body is first and foremost? Sure, Bob. Um, theology of the body is uh, from Pope John Paul II who is uh, canonized by our Catholic Church. And he um, focused on this topic in his Wednesday audiences that he delivered in Rome during the early part of his pontificate. And he got the content for this teaching, Theology of the Body, from actually from the manuscript of a book that he was writing. And um, it focused on, it it was delivered, he delivered it over the course of about five years during those Wednesday audiences, and it focused on what it means to be a human person. And also he talked about the sacrament of marriage and he wanted to uh, help us to understand 
by reflecting extensively on sacred scripture, particularly Genesis, books in Genesis, creation accounts, to help us understand what it means to be a, a human person created in the image and likeness of God, and how we should, how we can live our lives now in relationship, and what is authentic love. So it it's not just about marriage, but it's about being a human person created in God's image. Why, um, what, what is it that attracted you? I mean, uh, well, I got about 3 million questions going through my mind right now <laughs> with, with just your brief uh, um, introduction to Theology of the Body. Um, tell, us, tell us a little bit about the certification program you, you've just completed successfully. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, in or, the Theology of the Body Institute um, offers graduate level courses, and um, I completed those courses, and anybody could take those courses um, for their own enrichment. They don't actually have to be part of a certification program. I opted to be part of that certification program um, when I was working in the diocese. Uh, through the Family Respect Life Office, and because I thought it would be helpful to me in my ministry to teens when I was talking to them about the sacrament of marriage and chastity and what love means. So I completed those courses a few years ago and graduated. And then um, as a requirement for um, certification, the Institute um, asked us to come up with a, a practicum uh, or a project. And I asked a friend of mine and he suggested who was a colleague of mine who was also very much interested in the theology of the body, what, um, what he thought would be helpful. And as a parent of young children, he said it would be really nice to know um, how to teach his young children about love and what it means to be self-giving. And he's also concerned about how um, he can respond to his children if they have been approached um, by other children uh, inappropriately, uh, sexual advances and that kind of thing. So some of the same concerns other parents have. So um, I titled my course, Strengthening the Family. So it's not only for parents of young children, but it also is, uh, I offer resources for spouses to strengthen their marriage as well and how they can not only, um, you know, love each other, and, but also how they can strengthen that bond within their family between them and their children. So that's all part of my course. Okay, let's, um, uh, uh, the, the graduate work you did with the, with the Institute uh, uh, included, I'm, I'm sure, coursework. What would be uh, some, some, if you can remember, uh, titles of courses that you took during, during your, your schooling there? Sure. The very first course they recommend taking is, is uh, a head and heart immersion course one. And it's like an introduction to um, theology of the body. Uh, but other courses, I believe I remember is one called Catholic Sexual Ethics. Okay. And uh, it talks about sexual morality and different things um, that the church uh, focuses on in that area. Uh, also the interior life, uh, St. Ignatius Leola's um, spiritual exercises. So, uh, and the new evangelization, um, one of my instructors was um, Dr. Janet Smith, who taught a course called Love and Responsibility, and she focused on um, John Paul II's book, Love and Responsibility. Right. So the courses were, were really, really very enriching. Um, 
Okay. For anybody to type in. Okay. Okay. Located in Philadelphia. Is that what I recall? Yes. It's in Pennsylvania, right? Beautiful okay. area. Um, yeah. You can go, a person can go on, reach, go on the course in person uh, in the beautiful Amish country uh, area. And also they can, some of the courses are now offered online okay. because uh, a lot of people are international. The, is, some is, Christopher, is Christopher West associated with you? Yes, yes, he is. Yes, okay. he teaches that course um, and is very much involved in promoting theology body throughout the world. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, what is it that attracted you to this, this whole area or topic? Well, I think mostly it, it came from um, my ministry in the Syracuse Diocese, um, teaching teens about the sacrament of marriage. And as I was looking for uh, ways to, to present the teaching, I came across uh, John Paul II's book and it was phenomenal. I said, wow, this is, if, if it could be put down into a way that we could present it to young teens, it would be so helpful in their life now um, because a lot of teams are, are presented with so many issues in the world that uh, they may or may not know how to react to, you know, um, and so I felt like this was very helpful, but, but in reading it and learning more about it, uh, I saw that it was helpful for anyone, um, especially people who might've been wounded um, in their life from relationships okay. that the Pope had so much to offer by reflecting on scripture. Okay. You know, yesterday I, I attended a, uh, uh, a mass at the cathedral in the afternoon um, for, uh, to, to really honor people that had been married for many, many years. It was really very cool. They had about 105 couples from around the Diocese of Syracuse. And, and uh, uh, I, I realized that I, I, I look much younger than what I'm about to uh, describe, but we were there for 50 years uh, of marriage. Oh. And, and uh, uh, but there was a couple there, I think close to 70 years of marriage, but but, you know, as I reflected on the experience, um, it, it was almost like a countercultural sort of experience. It was, it was a, uh, an opportunity for the bishop and others to really uh, uh, bless, encourage, hold up as a model the, uh, the sacrament of marriage, mm -hmm. um, which uh, uh, seems to be under somewhat of a, a assault uh, these days. But, um, and I, I, I think for that reason, really, that's what's attracted me to John Paul's work on theology of the body and, and, and what you're doing. And I, I think what you're doing is, uh, is just, just tremendous. So, so you, there, I know in the, in the course you, you designed and delivered, there were eight modules, I think. Is that right. correct? That's correct. Okay. And, and so, uh, uh, we're going to, over time, work our way through uh, the majority of those those modules. You and I are just going to talk about that, and and we're going to let let some people listen in. But I I notice that uh, uh, when you look at at module one, that what what really really leaped out at me is is the concept of of parents being a primary educator of their children, and I I wonder. Uh, uh, if you can expand on that, why why would that even have to be stated? But but it does, doesn't it? Um, yes, it can does. you expand on that on that on that notion? 
Um, yes, it does. And I, I'd like to first mention what the Catholic Church offers. There's a, the Pontifical Council for the Family wrote a document called The Truth and Meaning of Human Sexuality, Guidelines for Education Within the Family. And in it, they said, I'm quoting, the church has always affirmed that parents have the duty and the right to be the first and the principal educators of their children, end quote. And I would highly recommend this, this document, um, The Truth and Meaning of Human Sexuality uh, for Parents. It's a really, very good resource. It, 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 it talks about how the situation is in our world right now, um, all the influences um, that children could be exposed to, you know, with peers, with their school, uh, through the media, and um, the stages of development that a child normally goes through and what should be presented to them and not presented to them at that particular age. Um, so but, parents- but, but even, you know, I would, I, would, I would add, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. I would add also that, that um, yes, many, many influences for children, but the, the role of parent as primary guide, teacher, leader, um, counselor is, is being questioned. And yes. I wonder what your observations about that are. Well, I, some of the things that I've heard from parents of young children is that um, they have to be very vigilant because even going to the library, for instance, looking at some of the children's books, um, one parent was sharing with me how she opened them up and she was very, very shocked at what some of the content was that she would never present to her child at that age. Um, and also because her, you know, her children are on the internet, you know, being aware of what they're watching and looking at on the internet um, without being, you know, too, what's the word I'm trying to think of, um, trying to scare her kids, you know, but doing it in a way that she is watchful um, because there are things out there that, um, that can influence the child uh, without a parent's knowledge. Yeah. And it can even be books that are offered in a school curriculum for reading. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the parents, if they share their belief and faith first to their child, the child knows, and research has shown this, that um, children look to their parents as the first person, you know, that they believe, you know, when it comes to things. So parents, should be encouraged to know that 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 okay. the kids are listening to them. Okay, what um, uh, what what has your experience taught you about the challenges that parents have in embracing that role and and uh, and successfully uh, and effectively uh, teaching kids about these kinds of issues and concerns? Um. Basically, because one of the main things, and I'll talk about more in an, one of my modules, is pornography. Um, and pornography that can happen, you know, um, if a child is, has a friend who's watching it or looking at it, um, or if a child is on their computer and something pops up, and how to deal with that. And that's, um, parents are a little bit afraid about that. But they're, fortunately, there's a lot of things that are being offered that parents can do to safeguard their children from that exposure. Um, and I offer a number of resources that parents can look at. Okay. I want, I want to make sure that, that in the notes for this 
podcast that we includes uh, you've already made a couple references to books uh, that that parents would find helpful. So we want to make sure that we include that in in the notes. Um, okay, all right. So uh, tell us about the concept of love and gift as as you uh, uh, embark on on sharing the theology of the body with uh, uh, with parents and children. Um, when I first talk about love, I, I start with what John Paul II uh, talks about. And he, and he, again, he's looking at um, scripture. Um, first of all, we look at it and we know that God is love. And um, God created us to love and to be loved. And uh, I have a couple of particular um, verses I wanted to share here. Great first letter of John chapter four, verses seven and eight, it says, beloved, let us love one another because love is of God. Everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Whoever is without love does not know God for God is love. And the catechism, it says the same, God's very being is love by sending his only son and the spirit of love in the fullness of time. God has revealed his innermost secret. God himself is an eternal exchange of love father son and holy spirit and he's destined us to share in that exchange so to know that um god is love and that you know he created the whole world out of love for us and created us to love and that's why we're in his image and likeness um I guess that's where I start when I talk to parents, you know, to, to what is their concept of love? Because when we think about love, a lot of times you see that word out there, well, I love my dog, you know, I love ice cream, <laughs> I love yes. going to the Cape, you know, all those kinds of things. People have all these different concepts of love. And um, one of the things that um, John Paul II also focuses on is um, eros, the word eros, that Greek word eros. Um, it refers to desire, passion, and inner power, or what he says is, quote, the upward impulse of the human spirit towards what is true, good, and beautiful. So this is a form of love, um, that passion or power towards drawing us towards what is true, good, and beautiful. And specifically in the Bible, um, Eros refers to the sexual desire or attraction that draws a man and woman together. And so this, what, we, we spell that word E-R-O-S, is that correct? That's right, that's okay. right. All right. And it's, it's beautifully illustrated in the erotic poetry of Song of Songs. The man and woman look at the good and beautiful in their love and union. But God has given us eros, this inner power to lead us to go beyond ourselves from seeking only our own happiness or pleasure to a higher level of love where we are self-giving concern for the other's well-being, seeking the good of the other, even if this requires sacrifice. And so when you think about that, there's another form of love called agape, which is God's divine love. And we know that God's love is, is self-giving and sacrificial. So um, that's basically, you know, he talks about those, that form of love, that arrows that God has given us to draw us towards him, towards infinity, towards true, what's true, good, and beautiful. Um, and also to go beyond just thinking of ourselves, but being self-giving towards others in imitation of God. Wow. 
Um, so how do you, uh, what kind of feedback do you get from parents as you share these two concepts? Um, and and uh, I've got to believe that, that some of your teaching has got to involve some, some, some pretty significant reflection on the part of the parent, which uh, before they're enabled really to, to uh, share these concepts with their, with their kids, huh? Um, yes, I think, um, I think it is when you first hear about this, you know, um, it's, it's new, it's different. It's a different kind of thing. We don't really spend, I think, a lot of time reflecting on, you know, um, love, except that sometimes people think again, especially teens, <laughs> that love is just a feeling. It's an emotion. Um, but it is, you know, and, and even Pope Benedict explained Eros is that God has that passion, but God also, um, he loves us passionately, but he's also um, agape. He's self-giving. So it, it's just, I think, just reflecting on those different things that um, Eros is good. It's only when we focus on ourselves so much, direct all our attention ourselves and what we want and take versus going beyond the fact that, again, pleasure is good, happiness is good, but but going beyond ourselves and being giving, self-giving to others. Yeah. We're imitating God's love as well. You, you use uh, uh, my, 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 my somewhat limited exposure to theology of the body is uh, I've, I've really enjoyed your use of the concept of gift. Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, could, you, could you expand on that? Sure. Um, first of all, um, St. John Paul II says love is self-giving. It's imitating the giving and receiving of love in the Trinity, the Holy Trinity. God the Father loves Jesus, his son, and gives himself to Jesus. Jesus receives all that love from God the Father and gives himself to the Father. And the love between them, that bond, is the Holy Trinity. And so that it's gift. They're being gift to each other. And that's theology body talks about that self-giving. Um, first of all, the gift, when we, when we go back and look at creation, the world is an, a radical gift that the Lord has given us. God has given us in creating the world. Um, it is a beautiful gift and, and giving us our life, our own human life is a gift from God. Um, everything we look at is a gift. And so John Paul II says the very essence of the human person is gift, um, being for some, some, you know, giving ourselves for others or being with others, and again, receiving the love from others. So that's very, very important in theology of the body is, is understanding that that's what we're created for, to how be does, for how does, how does the concept of gift interact with the concept of eros and agape? Well, when you're when you're talking, going back again to Eros in um, the Song of Songs, the um, man and woman through their marital love are exp expressing that gift. Um, their love, they love each other totally and sincerely and passionately. 
um, but by they give the total gift and receive the total gift. It's like that mutual reciprocal relationship. Yes. And, but it's also a sign of God's love for us, arrows, um, what is happening in the Song of Songs. And I encourage people to read that part of the Bible. Um, it's a sign of God's love for all of us, not our love for God. Yes. That's what it's meant to be a sign of. Yes. I, uh, years ago, I, I may have mentioned this in a prior conversation with you, but years ago, uh, one of the most impactful books I've ever read is uh, a Jewish philosopher, theologian, Martin Buber called I and it. No, I and thou, I'm sorry. <laughs> I and thou. And he, he talks about, and, and this really uh, bubbles up whenever I uh, um, think about or, or uh, read about or uh, uh, hear about uh, theology of the body. Um, he says that there are two kinds of relationships. Everybody's in relationship. Uh, uh, and if I have, I have a pen here and my relationship with my pen is, uh, an I, it relationship. I use my pen to help myself out with writing or, or whatever. And, uh, uh, I have a light over here, uh, my laptop, um, my relationship with, with those two items is I, it, but, um, an I, thou relationship is where, my relationship with that other entity, typically, uh, uh, most often a person, is uh, is one of, uh, to use the theology of the body lingo, is one of gift. Uh, I'm concerned about their well-being. I, I want to make sure that my relationship is uh, enhancing to them. Mm -hmm. um, but yet our relationship with other people can also be I, it where I use other people for my own ends, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and it just, it's, it's always struck me that, uh, that really what, what John Paul is talking about is, is uh, we see a relationship, sexual or otherwise, as, as relationships of gift, right. um, where uh, uh, we teach that other person, we treat that other person as a thou, uh, we're concerned about their well-being and and their growth and maturity and 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 so forth. And does does that make sense to you? Yes, absolutely. Um, it, that right, seeing that other person as a person, and the only like he would say is the only behavior we should have towards others is love. Yes. Um, seeing what's good for them, what's best for them. I care about your welfare. Yes. Instead of using them. Yes. Yes. Uh, for our own benefit. So as, as, as you, as you um, embark, uh, we're going to talk an awful lot more about this, but as you embark upon your, your coursework and in, in teaching parents and teaching kids, uh, a significant part of that, I would think would be to, to help, help people understand that they are gift and, and to uh, offer for themselves to others as as a gift, right. and that's 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 uh, that's pretty pretty sophisticated uh, uh, concept to share and and teach and help people internalize. Uh, what what's been your experience with that? Um, my experience, well, actually, when I um, I tried to promote some of the curriculum um, that teaches young children about that concept of gift. Uh, Rural Woods puts out a, a program called Rooted. Um, Tobit, 
another organization that promotes the allergy of the body puts out a curriculum called The Body Matters. And it really, uh, I really see it producing great effects because of what they share with me, the, the, the folks that have developed this curriculum, particularly in the classroom with children, teaching them what it means to be a gift, you know, opening the door for their friend or, or smiling or doing all these kind acts. Um, and so even at that elementary level, um, it is very powerful. Yes, yes. That it's not always about me, but it's about other. Yes. Existing yes. for other people. Yes, yeah. Um, well, this is, this is great. The, uh, I, I, I read early on that the uh, uh, theology of the body is, uh, um, uh, it was John Paul's uh, effort to uh, outline a, a, an anthropology of the human person. And I thought right. to myself, anthropology of the human person. Uh, can you can you can you explain that? Um, I think he um, he wanted to sort of explain um, present what he calls a total vision of man, uh, and this total vision of man involves looking at our origin, our history, and our destiny. Um, he said it's impossible for us to understand ourselves where we are now what he calls our historical sinfulness and how we should live our lives without actually referring back to the beginning, our origin and what he calls our fundamental innocence that is before original sin. So he reflects on Christ's words uh, in the Bible also about our future resurrection, our destiny. And he termed all of this, you know, looking back but what was in the Bible in Genesis and reflecting on that, our origin with like Adam and Eve, he, he looks at what he calls now historical man, what are living now after original sin. And then he looks to the future, our future resurrection. Exactly. So giving this total vision, it helps us understand who we are and how we should live our lives now. Yes, yes. Um, and how, uh, how that view has been so challenged over the over the decades and uh, mm -hmm. um, ideas do matter don't they uh, yeah. uh, conceptual frameworks do matter mm -hmm. and, and they really undergird uh, so much of the behavior uh, and and how we act and, and think and, and so forth so uh, um, well I'm I'm excited uh, I uh, uh, one of the one of the uh, uh, benefits I think of of uh, of these uh, podcasts um, as we explore uh, in greater depth of theology of the body is that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're, you're interest, interested in sharing these ideas with, with others in pair settings and other settings. Is that correct? Yes, I'd be happy to, um, particularly this course, um, these sessions that I put together uh, called Strengthening the Family, that would be wonderful to be able to share them with parents. Okay. Okay. Maybe, uh, maybe in the next uh, um, uh, podcast, we can uh, kind of do an overview more specifically of that course and, and begin uh, diving into greater depth with some of the, some of the concepts we've, we begin to, to, to scratch the surface of today. That'd Is be that great. great. Yeah. Sharon, be great. Sharon, you're awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. For we'll, we'll talk to you soon. We are grateful that you joined us today for another episode of the Mission Revive podcast. 
We humbly ask for your prayers as we continue in the mission entrusted to us to evangelize and revive hearts with Jesus. We would also ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor of this podcast or making a financial contribution to support this growing ministry. You can do this by visiting our website at revivehopeandhealing.com or through our Revive Hope and Healing Ministries patron page. We cannot do this without you. Thank you.